Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about guarding your mental state at all costs. So as you know, I'm in the process of writing my next book called How to Get Your Shit Together. And this basically is a combination of the hundreds of self-help books that I've read, uh, um, filtered down for what I've personally found works for me. Now, I'm basically in the final draft stages of this book and I'm writing the chapters and sort of tightening it up and finishing it off. And I just happened to finish the chapter that I'm going to call Guarding Your Mental State at All Costs. And it's a big chapter. At at this stage, you know, prior to editing, it's about 3,000 words. And the reason it's so big is that it's one of the most important concepts that I've found in my life. The, the basic reasoning is simple. If I'm in a bad place, I can't protect myself and I can't protect other people. The analogy is simple and it's basically one of a lifesaver. Let's say you're at a pool and you see someone drowning. Should you jump in and save them? Now, most of us will quickly jump in and say, well, yeah, of course, I should jump in and save them. I, I, you know, of course I'll try and save them. But if you, if you take a step back and think about it, there are certain criteria that has to be met before you should just jump into the pool and save that person. Are you sober? Are you in a good mental state? Do you know how to swim? Is the pool deep enough for you to stand on or will you have to be strong enough to be able to swim with that person sort of struggling against you? Do you have the equipment? Are you dressed appropriately? Is there a way that you could help the person without getting directly involved in the water yourself? Now, in my mind, all of these things need to be taken into account before you just rush and jump into the pool. Because if you do just jump into the pool, you will risk drowning yourself. And, you know, the analogy holds because there's been many times where people have tried to save other people from drowning at the beach or in the pool, and they themselves have become victims along with the person they were trying to save. And I suppose another sort of real-world example will be first aid. The first step of the Dr. ABCD approach to first aid is danger. And that means you, first of all, make sure that the situation isn't dangerous enough that you will get in trouble yourself and cause the need for other people to come to your rescue. You have to look after yourself first. So now, in reference to self-help or mental health, I apply the same logic to my life. The first thing I want to do is address the sort of, quote, selfishness that this statement of guarding your own mental state first can seem. Like I've previously said, if I'm in a bad mental state, I can't help other people as well. So take my role as a father, for example. There are some needs that have to be met for my son. I have to ensure that he's got enough water, food, safety, shelter, that sort of stuff, that he's clean. However, beyond those basic needs, my decision-making process of what I should or shouldn't do becomes a bit more murky. Should I, for example, go to the gym or take him to a play center. Now, the first reaction of a lot of parents would be, of course, take him to the play center. You've got to put your kids first and all that sort of stuff. But my response is, well, it depends on my mental state and on his mental state. How are we both feeling? If he's more than comfortable staying at home, perhaps that's a better solution if I'm not in a good mental state. I value exercise as a form of antidepressant. So let's say I'm not in a good mental state. 
and I just won't be able to function or I'll get down or, you know, I'll fall or I risk the fall into a horrible depressive state, I would judge that in that instance, it might be better for me to do an exercise session than it would be to take him to a play center. Why? Because I have to ensure that I can provide my son with those basic needs that I talked about before as a matter of priority. I have to be in a place to guarantee that I can get those things for my son. So work will cause stress and other forms of money attainment causes stress, obviously. And there's only so much stress that I or anyone can go through. For me, exercise works as a antidepressant, one of the best in my mind. Please, if you're not exercising, start exercising. And as a side note, contact me. I can share with you what I do and why I do it. But in general, I use exercise as a way to sort of calm my mental state down. So every day, if I look at my diary, I've prioritized exercise as the first and the last thing I do. Why? Because it keeps me sane. So back to this example. Let's say I've got a spare hour and I've got the opportunity to take him to a play center or go to the gym and exercise. I go through the process. What would be the best thing for my mental state? Do I need to, quote, take the medicine of exercise? If I do, that will take priority. If I don't, and which is often the case, we will hang out, go to the go to the play center, or we'll find some compromise in which I'll take him for a jog or do some exercise with him in the backyard or some sort of thing like that, something physical. I need to make sure that I am in the best place to be able to help my son for the things that he needs. And, you know, I apply this logic for everything. Let's say you're you have a friend who's asking you to help you. It could be to move house. It could be to help you through a relationship problem. It could be with a personal issue of some description. Who knows? What level of help should you provide that person? Obviously, it depends on a number of factors. One, how close you are to the person. But but regardless, it will also depend on, or I think it should depend on what state you are in mentally and what doing that activity for that person will do to your mental state. So if someone asks me for help, I run it through a sort of a self-checking process. What state am I in now? Having done those activities prior, how did it impact my mental state? And therefore, will I be able to handle it? Yes, this may come across as initially selfish, but what's the alternative? If I do decide to help the person and it puts me in a bad state, I won't be able to help the person to the best of my ability. I might even be detrimental in that help. If I take the steps to guard my mental state first, I can better help other people when they need it. Now, this isn't to say that I don't care for the other person. Rather, it's that from prior experience, I've learned to know where I'm at mentally and make sure that I stay in a healthy range. Because if I don't, I run the risk of falling into a bout of significant depression, self-harm, and suicidal ideation. And, you know, to put it bluntly, if I kill myself, I'm not going to be in a place to help anyone, and I'll be detrimentally impacting anyone. And I know that's taking it to the extreme, but if we, we dial it back a few few notches, 
if I help someone out and do something that I'm not quite comfortable with, that might cause me to have to take time off work. Taking time off work limits my ability to provide the lifestyle and the basic needs for my son and for myself. So ultimately, I have to make sure that I'm looking after myself. So other than just sort of taking just taking initial action for things that you sort of know impact you, how can you work out what things impact you in different ways? Because the, the general advice that I'm trying to portray here is do the things that benefit you or make your mental health go up and cut the things that make your mental health go down. So one of the things that I have done in the past was take a daily journal. And on each day, I would place a sort of positive impacts and negative impacts on each day. And I'll try to fill it out with at least one thing, one entry. And this could be something specific like a particular person or a tone of voice or a particular activity, a song, a food, an advert, who knows. But each day I would fill out something that I noticed impacting my mental health in one direction or the other. I would aim for a minimum of one positive, one negative each day, but there would be no maximum of what I would include. At the end of a month, I would write on a big piece of paper, positive impacts, and another another piece of paper, negative impacts. And I would tally it all up. And I'll put sort of extra dashes next to things that if there was more than one instance. What this did was allow me to sort of step back, detach from the situation, work out exactly what things impact my mental health um, and in what direction. And from there, I was able to make some changes in my life. If there was a particular work or a particular person or a particular thing or a particular place or food or song or TV show or something like that, that I noticed having a negative impact upon my mental health, I made some steps to start removing that thing from my life. If I noticed that certain things really helped my mental state, I would make some steps to add more of that to my life. So one example of that, like I previously discussed, was exercise. Another one was reading fiction. For whatever reason, reading fiction really benefits my mental health. I think it's something to do with the escapism combined with the focus that you need to be, you know, immersed in the story. So now I make it a matter of priority to put some reading fiction time into my day. With all this in mind, before you start, you know, cutting people out, if that's all, you know, things out of your life and making drastic changes, I want you to just sort of take a step back, sleep on it, and and really consider what you're doing. And if you do end up deciding to make some changes, for example, changing workplaces, changing relationships, or, you know, moving house, or some major change, just make sure that you, you know, have thought about it for a decent amount of time, and I'll come back to that, but also that you, no matter what, don't burn your bridges. Let's say you've thought about it and you've decided that you need to end a particular relationship or another. Don't burn the bridges. You never know if and when you will need that person or you might need to rekindle the relationship or perhaps you'll make a change. So there have been times that I've left workplaces or ended relationships, but rather than sort of going through a quote, messy breakup, you just sort of let the relationship taper off and sort of just take steps and sort of just distance yourself from it. And that way, there's no messy breakup. And if you do need to sort of get back in touch with that person or, you know, your circumstances, you or them change, you can do so. And it's not this sort of messy, awkward situation. On a, on a more specific day-to-day -day basis, you can use this approach to 
really help you to work out what you should do. You know, if you're asked to go out for a social event, just hanging out with friends, well, will that benefit your mental state? If yes, do it. If no, maybe make alternative arrangements so you can still socialize with them, but maybe not at that event. I personally am not a big fan of big, noisy gatherings. It just sort of, it's not really for me. So if I'm invited to those things, I'll generally decline. Why? I just I just know that it'll impact me negatively. However, I see other people when I have gone to those events just loving it. They seem to be more extroverted. That sort of environment suits them. Who knows? That's fine. I prefer sort of one-on-one or small gatherings because it's just how I operate socially best. So having known that about myself, I then make the decision to alter my social gatherings to best guard my mental state and therefore I choose to have smaller gatherings or connect with people one-on-one and just politely decline the invites to things that will not benefit me that much. I want to finish with the largest example that I've used in my life of guarding my mental state and that's of work. I, I will always choose my mental health, my time, my lifestyle over more money. When I was working full-time, I would regularly take sick leave, um, but instead of using it as, you know, when I'm physically sick, it would be a way to recuperate my mental health. And, you know, over time I realized that full-time work in general for me just sort of isn't the right thing for my mental state. For whatever reason, I'm just not built to be able to work one job in one place with one group of people on a full-time basis. I can't handle the ongoing pressure and stress of being, quote, on all the time. So initially I would take the sick leave and when that ran out, I would just take the time off work unpaid. From there, from, you know, more recently I've realized, well, I can't work full-time in general just as a mental health thing. So I've moved to a casual and part-time basis as well as doing a bunch of different work. For example, releasing my book as a way to earn some income, um, working casually as a teacher, teaching some part-time martial arts instructions and doing some online coaching. I'm working a bunch of different jobs that I can sort of dictate and choose my hours and I don't have to be on at a particular stage if my mental health doesn't really match up with the work requirements. If I need to, I can take time off. Now, realistically or honestly, my income since I'm not working full-time anymore has basically halved. I've significantly less money than I used to have, but I'm infinitely more happy within my own mental state. So in my mind, it's a trade-off that I would take again and again, because in reality, what's the point of money if you're not enjoying it? What's the point of, you know, having a large income if you're depressed? So in general, I would, I would always suggest for people to guard their mental state at all costs, work out what what positively impacts your life and add more of that to it. Work out what's negatively impacting your life and take actions to start removing that from your life. And obviously there's, you know, specific events and things and stuff that you can't change. And there's a lot of nuance in this decision. I get that. However, from experience, you can take steps to work through it. You're not gonna be able to solve everything. There will always be some crap in your life that you can't deal with, but you can make some change if you apply yourself and try. I would love if, if you want to, for you to connect with me on social media at Zach P. Phillips and just talk to me about things that you're struggling in your life and perhaps we can work out a way that you can best guard your mental state. 
Because often a detached perspective, you know, someone else looking at it from an external perspective can just say a couple of words and it can really open up, it can really open you up and sort of show you some possibilities that you weren't quite expecting. So like I said, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, Pinterest, LinkedIn, everywhere at Zach P. Phillips. Like I said, this, this concept of guarding your mental state is going to be one of the major chapters in my next book, How to Get Your Shit Together. And, you know, I'll provide you with a link below. And if you're interested in this book, there'll be a email sign up in which I'll post the email updates about it and when it's going to be released and all that sort of stuff. I'm still in the writing stages, but it's, it's, it's coming. I'm, I'm writing it daily. I'm going to do an interesting thing with releasing this book. I'm going to put it out, of course, as a paperback, ebook, and audio book. So if you want to, you can choose to own a copy, share it with your friends, and have it forever. But I'm aware that some people, you know, can't afford to buy a book. Um, you know, they just don't have the money, and that's fair enough. And I'm also aware of the the weird nature of buying a book. The problem with buying a book is you sort of have to trust the author enough to spend the money, and then you get the product. Whereas with almost every other aspect of life, you can sort of judge the product first and then choose to pay. So what I'm going to do is basically I'm going to release the entire book for free. Now, the caveats will be obviously I'm going to release it chapter by chapter and this will take maybe a year to release. There'll be 50 to 60 chapters at this fa- at this stage and I will release those maybe once every week to two weeks um, once it's out for the next couple of years. So if you're not sure about the purchase, if you've only got a couple of topics that you want to look at, that's fine. You can search through the website, check out what's up there, and just read it on the phone. I'm more than happy to share that information. I think information should be available and free. But on the realistic side of things, I do have to you know, make sure that doing this project is worth my while. So I am offering a few ways that you can support me. When the book comes out, this will be obviously through purchasing the book, but also potentially if you want to, you can support me on Patreon. For those that don't know, Patreon's a way that you can support content creators that provide a service for you that you're enjoying. It's just a simple way to say thank you. All I'm asking for is a $1 monthly donation. This is the smallest amount that you can ask for, and that's all I want. And the reason is simple. On your end, $1 is very, very small. $1 a month is practically not noticeable. However, on my end, if I get enough support from you guys, that $1 a month will make a massive difference because combined, it will give me more time to be able to do what I'm doing here. And it'll let me know that you're enjoying and you're getting some sort of appreciation from the work that I've done. I've only just started the Patreon um, and I've already got a few few um, people supporting me there and some of them have been very generous, donating more than the $1. But, but like I said, if you enjoy what I'm doing here and once the book's released, if you're getting a, a bunch of help from it and you want to say thank you but you don't want to purchase the book, consider consider donating the $1 per month. On Patreon, I can be found at Zach P. Phillips and I will put a link to my Patreon as well as a link to the information about my next book, How to Get Your Shit Together, down below in the um, show notes. So yeah, I hope you got something out of this. Thank you.